Wheelie's Bottomless Brunch with Rob and the GDC. Good morning. Welcome to Queerly's Bottomless Brunch with me, Rob, and the GDC. Good morning, G. A very good morning, Rob, and a very good morning to everyone joining us. Hello. Uh, <laughs> slight chaos around here this morning, let's be honest. <laughs> We are all over the we've, shop today. We've been in a bit of a rush to get on air this morning. Um, oh. So to give us a break and to give you a break, <laughs> let's start the show with Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob. The GDC is here with me. Good morning, G. Good morning, Rob. I think uh, our morning has started pretty much how our week has been, which is uh, chaos, then okay, then chaos then carnage, then then feeling okay. Yeah, I think Whitney's made me feel a lot better, I'll be honest. I've, yeah, me I'm too. settled into it now. I'm fine. Me too. We're good. How We're are good. you doing? How yeah, was your week? I'm all right. Uh, week was okay. Um, yeah, I'm back into that thing of, in the space of two hours, being able to experience all moods and all emotions, um, which is, yep. a, is, I say it's a phenomenon of uh, COVID era. But it's not. That's just how I've been forever. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's been interesting. A few things really, really wound me up this week. And none of, my, none of them I can talk about. Um, well, not really any of them I can talk about this oh, morning. Oh, no. Well, that's, that's just like a teaser. Can you talk about yeah, one of them Yeah, I know. But I just, I, I like to be straightforward with everyone. But it's just, there is a little limit on it. And uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to make things worse. So, um, uh, okay. Has producer Luke left the washing up in the sink? No, he's been very well behaved actually all week. So, thank goodness oh. for producer Luke. Oh, well done, producer Luke. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, t- come on, there must be. Well, give me, uh, give well, me a little. I'll tell you the one that's, that's not really wound me up in a, a particularly serious way, but has wound me up a bit, is I have learned how to trim my beard properly for the first okay. time in my 30 uh, something years. Okay. I haven't had a beard for 30 something years. I suppose it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, but I had to learn that from an influencer um, on YouTube. So I'm not. <laughs> Did you Google it then? Did you, were you like... Right. So let me just set the scene of uh, what's gone on. It's in the sort of boredom of lockdown, I've experimented with different beard and I say hair lengths, but it's just that sort of monk bit around the edge that I have. Um, sometimes just because I can't be bothered and it doesn't matter. And sometimes because it's something to do. Um, and I've just never, I grow my beard a bit and I just think I never look that good. And actually, what happened was I did that, I walked into town to do a bit of shopping and, it, and I had let my beard get a bit straggly and I had a bobble hat on, not a bobble hat, but a woolly hat. And I was carrying like a bag for life and I caught my reflection in the window and I, I looked like the carrier bag. You know, every town has a carrier bag, man, a man that is just... <laughs> perpetually walking around with a carrier bag on his arm and it's full of wonderful things I'm sure but you see him every time I was that man and I thought no this is we've gone too far I need to just work out how to make this beard look how I think it should look how it looks in my head so yeah I went on YouTube and I found this charming young man (laughs) who taught me how to trim my beard and lo and behold I haven't done it this morning, so you can't see on Zoom, but it worked, worked a treat. So I was quite happy to have learned how to trim my beard properly finally, but I was furious about how I got to that point. <laughs> this, is, this is like all, all the emotions wrapped up in one story. Well, well done. You're no longer Bagman, and yeah. uh, you, you've gone trendy in the world. I'm, and, I'm, um, yeah, I'm not a Bagman, and I've got a reasonably good beard, or an option of a reasonably good beard now. So there you go. So that's that. Um, how well are done. you? What's what's going on in the GDC's world? Well, 
I was thinking about my journey this week. Like, Monday was quite a good day. And then Tuesday, Tuesday morning, do you know sometimes you just can't put the thoughts together uh, and there's no decision making happening i stood in my kitchen looking at the washing up which needed to be put away and thinking i really should make some breakfast and i wanted to put a wash on and i i got up like 15 minutes late so i did the, one of those things where you you basically do circles on yourself <laughs> where i sort of took a step towards one thing and then a step towards another and i couldn't i couldn't decide what was more important so i tried to do all of them at the same time Utterly failed, obviously. The, yeah. the breakfast was carnage. I had some stuff put away, cupboard shelves open, washing everywhere, and then had to start work. And that was it. I was in a funk for two days after that because <laughs> I just hadn't, I could not process my thoughts. It tipped you over the edge. Good. It really did. It really, really did. So um, I think by, by, by Thursday, I got myself out of it, but went for a COVID test. Because I was just thrilled to get out the flat. I was like, oh, great, I've got somewhere to go. I've got to, uh, I'm have got. i going for a COVID test as part of the volunteering. Say, this is doing. routine. This is routine. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm fine, yeah. I have No symptoms. I, I I get it done twice a week. And uh, I don't know. I was feeling a bit perky and, you know, swabbing back a throat, swabbing up <laughs> nose. And um, I, I looked at the woman who was behind the screen waiting for me to hand the swab. And I said, I've got to tell you, that's the most intimate physical connection I've had in a year. Oh, Oh and no! Not 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 even a raised eyebrow. <laughs> I just got deadpan, head tilt. She was absolutely appalled with me. I, I found myself hilarious. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a week. Oh got dear, it. that's one of those ones where I think almost every profession has has the joke that that they've heard a few times. And I would imagine for people carrying out those tests, that's probably the one. I'm sure. I'm sure there's probably worse versions of it than you delivered, but still, there we go. Just not original at any level, though thinking yourself really original and finding myself really funny. <laughs> I mean, it's funny now, at least. <laughs> good. Um, good, all right. I'm glad well, you enjoyed it. Uh, well, good morning to everyone. If you're listening, do let us know. Get in touch on Twitter, at Queerly Radio. Uh, tell us how your week's been. And if, <laughs> if you can outdo us, um, do let us know, at Queerly Radio on Twitter. Kelly Rowland and the Freemasons work on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch and nothing happened between those songs that we need to talk about or mention ever again on the no, show. No, we don't. No, um, no. Good. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, we're just going to have a bit of a chat now about coronavirus because tomorrow uh, Boris Johnson's making his speech, I suppose, about the plan, the future, how on earth we get out of lockdown. Um but we don't know too much. I half thought it would all have leaked this morning and we'd have every single detail, but that doesn't seem to be the case this time, which is unusual for the government. <laughs> no, he's no, he's probably still writing it. I think slash doesn't really know what he's going to say. In crayon, and someone else is writing it. Um, <laughs> schools seems to be a priority. March the 8th still being bandied about as the date for going back to school. Whether that's everyone or a phased return, no one knows. Um, also, they've mentioned that the priority for them, one of the priorities will be to increase the amount of social interaction families can have, which I think everyone wants. Yeah. Um, I read something this week that ministers are not very happy that Chris Whitty has not got behind the whole reopening of schools, um, which I'm hardly surprised at because we've mentioned this last week. What about the blimmin' teachers? Well, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the poor, it's basically, I know, let's open all the doors and shove all the kids in and teachers lock the door and off you go. 
mingle mingle to your heart's content. I really hope they do a staggered reopening, and I really hope they've thought this through because let's not forget what happened in September and October. When everything reopened, universities and schools and colleges and everyone was let to run amok. And don't worry, schools and universities are really safe. And oh, oh shit, look at the coronavirus, right? Mm, yeah, I, I agree. And I think I do think there's a sense that, that there is more caution this time. But it, yeah, it seems to be, yeah, they seem to be divided, don't they? And I think there was that story around yesterday in The Guardian about Chris Whitty not, not backing the... the uh, full return on March the 8th and I think that's quite telling because up till now he's gen generally towed the line hasn't he he's he's the guy that knows and uh, I think a lot of times he's had to bite his tongue um the fact that he is not doing that or is not committing to the plan says a lot I think um I guess it's a question of priorities isn't it and and what what do we what do we what do we all want the most back in our lives and what will we sacrifice um, what do you want the most? A uh, pub, the pub, the pub. <laughs> it, even just a pub garden. I mean, it's almost warm. It's, it is warm enough in a coat now for the pub garden. So yeah. I, one plan could be school at the pub. <laughs> I mean, I did quite a lot of that in my later years at school, school at the pub. So that's one option I've come up with. And uh, you could have, you know, kids outside colouring in and... Adults inside, socially distanced, catching up on the lost year. I don't know. Yeah. We just need to see... I think think people are very frustrated and bored of this. And I'm not saying that... Oh, by the way, can I just say, if I have to listen to the word roadmap, I don't want to hear roadmap ever again. What I don't need mean? a roadmap. It means F all. Boris Johnson's um, bloody terms that he bandies around. It gets my goat, that one. Yeah. <laughs> it really uh, does. I don't want to hear about roadmaps. I feel we're going off course. I'm just going to glance at the roadmap for the show and see, <laughs> and see, <laughs> see what's We've been wittering up. on for three hours. We've, <laughs> we've played no music. Anyway, I think ultimately, I've, I've, I was reading an article which was just saying people are very frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious and scared. And one of the main things it said was... Don't pin all your hopes on the 22nd of February to feel like you're going to get the answers. We've got to keep finding ways to get through right now um, and just see what's revealed to us. Yeah. And I think that's very, I think that's wise because some people do keep going, oh, it's fine, you know, 22nd of February, we're going to know a lot more. And mm, I don't know I, if we are. I don't, I don't think, think it's going to be that different for a long while. And we've had our fingers burnt with that before, haven't we? Everyone. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think day at a time still. And um, just see what happens. I'm I with you, though. Feel pub, like, pub, yeah, pub, 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 pub. yeah, have that as the the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, just as one more point, we're going on a bit, but I do hate the the fact that this February twenty second date has been there for so long, like some sort of X factor final or something. Um, <laughs> it's not how this should be managed, is it? Like, no, it, uh, no. We should be getting a daily clear idea of what's going on and actually why why pin a date on it if anything we've learned this whole thing is totally unpredictable so they've just set themselves up for failure every time by putting these dates and deadlines and targets in place which are completely unrealistic or just yes. end up amounting to nothing which i think tomorrow might a little bit Oof. anyway do let us know what you think on twitter at queerly radio um and what you expect will happen tomorrow because we'd lo- we would love to know actually i'd love to know what people think is going to happen tomorrow 
and what they hope happens tomorrow. And what you what are you missing most? Tell us. We want to know. Yes. Uh, get in touch. At Queerly Radio on Twitter, the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Queerly Radio. Write some more music now. This was my record of the week last week from Sophie and the Giants. Armin van Helden, you don't know me on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch. Good morning. All fun and games here this morning. Um, just before we went into those last songs, my microphone stand snapped <laughs> and nearly killed me. It was so bizarre. It just happened out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it just went ping. So luckily, I have got a replacement. The show's back on the road. On the... I, I don't know if we're going to get through. I'm I mean, it's, look, worried we, this morning. We do have one what? of these shows every so often, don't we? Like... Just throwing these, throwing these random curveballs and like, can they cope? It Ev- should be documented, actually. Everything's going swimmingly. And then one week, nothing works. So... I mean, stick with us. It's going to be fun, whatever happens this yeah, morning. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I want to say good morning and happy birthday to Leanne, who's my cousin's wife. She's in North Cheam. I hope you're having a wonderful morning and being spoilt rotten by Aaron and the boys. I'm sending you tons of love. Happy birthday. Morning. Happy birthday, Leanne. Right. Uh, time now for Spin It or Bin It. Yes. Um, yes. Every week, three new songs, the GDC. Here's clips from them all. He picks one. We play it in full. Two of them go in the bin. Um, no theme this week, really, for you. Um, okay. Because I, I didn't have to scrape the barrel quite as much as last week's uh, edition. Um, Although we loved Gabrielle last week. Yeah, actually, re- that song's really grown on me. So out of desperation came something good. Um, <laughs> right, anyway, on to this week's choices. Uh, okay. I said three songs. I think you're a fan of at least someone that's involved in every one of these songs this week. So it's good. We're going to start. This is new from Purple Disco Machine, and it's called Fireworks. Uh, Purple Disco Machine with Fireworks, the first choice this week. Oh, I love a steel drum. Pass me a pina colada. I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Um, Reminds me a bit of Dario G. Do you remember that? Sunshine. He was a big fan of steel drum. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gone down well. Note to self. Put steel drums on the show. Um, (laughs) uh, Next up, Rita Ora. She's back with some new music. Um, when she's not on holiday or having a birthday party. Or oh, oh, big disgrace. This one is, uh, she's teamed up with a lot of dance producers on her new EP. This is a song with Iman Beck. Uh, it's called uh, Bang Bang. <laughs> Yes, quite a lot, isn't it? Uh, Rita Ora <laughs> and Iman Beck, uh, Bang Bang. Um, what What do you think of her remake of the Crazy Frog <laughs> song? I'm, I, that was a lot for the senses, Rob. <laughs> you, you, that was quite overwhelming. I don't know what I think. I don't know what I think about that. Wow. Um, wow. Let's move on. <laughs> song number not. three this week. Oh, this is much nicer. Rebecca Ferguson from X Factor. Uh, she's back, and she's also teamed up with Nile Rogers. Is Nile Rogers doing a 
like a I know is he on Fiverr or something doing like offering up collaborations? <laughs> anyone, anyone interested? The bar doesn't seem to be as high as it once was. Um, anyway, here's Rebecca Ferguson featuring Nile Rogers uh, with this song, which is called "No Words Needed." Rebecca Ferguson and Nile Rogers, no words needed. The third song on Spin It or Bin It this week. What do you think of that one, G? She, I just, she sounds quite similar to Gabrielle, don't you think? Yeah, I think they've got a similar quality to their vocal. Similar vocal quality. You've you've put me through all the all, all the feels today. I've just I've been assaulted in a club, and now I feel like I'm in <laughs> a, bit, a bit more quiet, quiet, sultry mood. Um, um, well, I look, like that. Nice you, you've got you've had all three choices. Um, you've got some time to think. We've had some feedback already on uh, the Rita Ora song from <laughs> Jess in Brighton says, "Bang bang, bang her up for COVID violations and stealing Axel F." Um, so if that influences your choice at all, <laughs> I don't know. Um, let me remind you what the songs were on Spin It or Bin It this week. The first one, Purple Disco Machine, and that features the Knox. It's called Fireworks. Second, Rita, Aura, uh, Bang Bang. And third, Rebecca Ferguson, Nile Rogers, and No Words Needed. Or well, which one of those is going in the bin first? Um, I think because it's a bit early in the day to be clubbing and because... I really hope that I don't see her face anywhere in the press for quite some time or hear her name. Rita Ora can go in a bin far, far away. <laughs> All right, Rita Ora, uh, straight in the bin. No great surprise there. That leaves two songs, Purple Disco Machine and Rebecca Ferguson with Nile Rogers. Which one of those songs are you going to spin and crown the winner this week on Spin It or Bin It? It's really nice to have Rebecca Ferguson back there because I think she's got a really individual voice. And I, um, I like some of her her old stuff and I like that she's teamed up with Nile Rogers but you've nailed it with a steel drum the steel oh, drum I want purple or purple disco machine All right. the steel drum wins it here it is then the winner on spin it or bin it this week fireworks by purple disco machine purple disco machine the Knox and Moss Kenner that's fireworks the winner on spin it or bin it this week and I think probably the most popular choice you've ever made on that uh, feature the barrage of messages I just received from 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 friends and family alike saying this is amazing i particularly enjoyed one friend who i shall not name who said good choice gdc i usually disagree with you every week <laughs> <laughs> well there we go steel drums all the way i i really enjoyed that, actually i'll be honest I, did too. I don't think i listened to that in full before selecting it um because <laughs> you know busy man um, well you need an element of surprise as much as i do let's be honest yes Exactly. Thank God they did. Exactly. No, at least there wasn't a foghorn thrown in the middle, or you know, some random rap swearing. <laughs> oh dear. Oh no. Oh dear, Rita Ora. Um, oh well. I mean, she's had a reasonably decent career up till now. Right. Back to the roadmap of the show. And um, <laughs> GDC rant. Time over. now for the GDC's <laughs> random news. We've got a special guest. It's Rita Ora. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my random news. Um, yeah. Sorry. Rant over. Um, Rob, would I, I wonder if any of your future birthday presents might involve um, uh, like an animal? Would you like an animal for a birthday present? Well, I did ask for an alpaca for my twenty-first birthday, and so that that wish still is outstanding. Did you actually? Yes. 
bizarrely, that's very quite related to my <laughs> random news today. Um, <laughs> they're so random. So the Emirati police uh, in Dubai have arrested a man who gave a false statement. Now, he wanted to give his girlfriend a present and he decided that was going to be a camel from his neighbor's farm. Uh, he tried to wrangle an adult camel, but failed. So instead, he stole a newborn <laughs> and presented it to her as a birthday present. This was reported as missing. The police came round and he said, oh, no, oh, this was a stray camel that just appeared. It, ro- it roamed into, <laughs> into, into my building. As they do. As they do. He said it wandered onto the farm. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, he's, he finally went back to police and agreed that, okay, it wasn't a stray that roamed here. I did go and steal it. Um, and him and the girlfriend were arrested for lying. Oh, my goodness. There we are. Well, that's, that's my random news for today. If you do decide to get me an alpaca for my birthday in the future, please obtain it from a legitimate source. I, I think that's advisable. And I also, I need to throw in here as well. I love that the, the part of this news story says, the occasional camel beauty pageant even draws traders willing to pay millions of dollars for the most prized breeds. What? A camels are one of the most unattractive animals I've ever seen. Agreed. Unbelievable. Well, all right. We'll leave that with you and uh, play some more music while we digest the GDC's random news this week is uh, Janet Jackson with Together Again. B-52's Love Shack on Quirley's Bottomless Brunch. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's all calmed down here a bit, I think. Touch wood. Yeah. Uh, all good this morning. Good. Nothing else is broken. <laughs> I'm getting the hang of the buttons again. We're on track. I've remembered my name. <laughs> <laughs> the basics are important. <laughs> Anyway, I'm um, going to bring you some quiz show news now. You know, I'm into my quiz shows. We've talked about you it love before. Mm-hmm. Um, countdown. New host, Anne Robinson. What do you think of that? Um, I love a bit of Countdown. Where's Anne Robinson been? <laughs> That's a good question. Where has Anne Robinson been? Um, I don't even know what, it... she, what she last did. Was it Weakest Link was the last time she was on TV? I used to love the Weakest Link. Yeah, that was a good quiz show. That was a great quiz show. But do, you, do you think maybe she's been in hiding because she slated so many people <laughs> over so long and got death threats that she had to go into hiding and she's now only just sort of recovered from this and being wheeled out to do Countdown? Well, what? you know, since the news of Countdown, there's like all these clips from The Weakest Link have resurfaced, which we won't go into, but um, I forgot quite how... Um, as, as, what's the word? Acerbic. No. Acerbic, yes, she was. Um I'm sure she won't be like that on Countdown. Perhaps she's softened. Do you, th- do you think somebody else passed up on the job and they, d- they offered it to her? Yeah, I was wondering about that. I wondered if actually Anne Robinson's been asked to do a lot of things over the years and she's just... Because she went to America with Weakest Link and did really quite well. So uh, I think money-wise, she's probably doesn't ever need to work in her life again. So whether it's just she's been offered a lot of stuff and actually Countdown came along and she was like, oh yeah, it's probably... Probably right for me. Keep me keep me busy uh, of an afternoon, and uh, nice to be back on Saturday. So anyway, she's going to take take over as the host of Countdown. Slightly more exciting quiz show news from mm-hmm. Iceland this morning. Um, some Ooh. quite incredible scenes on the Icelandic version of University Challenge this week. It's called. I'll try this in uh, my best Icelandic. Get do better. 
Um, and uh, <laughs> don't do it again. Do it again. <laughs> get to better. Um, and uh, <laughs> well, basically, a contestant stormed off the show after the opposing team managed to buzz in on a question before he did. I've got a, got a clip of of what happened, um, and we can explain a bit more after you've after you've heard it. So have a listen to this. King. So this guy gets the question, doesn't get the question, doesn't buzz in in time. Right. Um, he immediately tips over his podium, sends everything that's on it flying, picks up a glass and throws it at a teammate, which is a smash you heard. He storms off the set and then another load of noise is heard off camera where he's clearly just ransacking backstage because he's so, so cross that the other team managed to buzz in first. Uh, That was really extreme. (laughs) That's a really extreme reaction. And then they go to an advert break because they don't know what else to do. Um, I mean, I'm competitive. Like, uh, uh, as, as as you know from some of our recent quizzes. Yes. Um, and I, I have maybe thrown in an expletive or something, but I didn't throw anything. No. I mean, it's hard to be effective when you're on Zoom. <laughs> you're just going to smash up your own house. And everyone's going to... Just broke, broke the laptop. Watch and laugh. Um, I'd, yeah. That's crazy. So I would... I, I'd, obviously, not okay to throw anything at a teammate. Not not acceptable, but in some ways I do kind of respect his just not not biting his tongue and not <laughs> like not covering it up, feeling that competitive and that cross that they've missed out on winning. I can kind of relate to a little, uh, quite a lot, if I'm honest. <laughs> I it, you're right because basically they have to do the the slow. Oh, well done, well done, other yeah. team. In fact, I want this to sort of now translate to award shows where instead of everyone politely just gently nodding and clapping when the winners announce i want to hear expletive no i've been robbed this is absolute (laughs) disgrace get up from chair leave house yeah i just want to see complete carnage carnage yeah there's something in it i mean that was a bit much also it's university challenge or get to a better as i uh that's (laughs) that accent's gone somewhere entirely different now i'm gonna stop I'm going to stop. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to tweet the clip of that if you haven't seen it. So uh, it's be there in a moment on our Twitter at Queerly Radio. Um, so you can see what happened there. Uh, unbelievable scenes there on Iceland, Iceland's version of University Challenge. Oh, dear. Right. All Thank right. We're going to. I really enjoyed that. that yeah. Was... It is a visual as well as a sound. I mean, oh, there's a is. lot going on there. Um, but right. Let's have uh, three songs in a row now while we have a little break gather our thoughts i'm getting a greg's um <laughs> we'll see you after these three songs starting with lena marlin uh, new music on queerly's bottomless brunch that's called cover me in sunshine who do you think was singing that g i, I don't know who was singing at the end there little little child it sounded like to me oh. yeah you'd be right that is pink and her daughter willow sage Hart collaborating on a new song which uh, the thought of I was like, oh, this is probably not going to be for me. 
And I don't know if I just needed the sort of big warm hug of that song this week, but I ended up that listening really to it loads. Nice. And it's it actually, nice. you know, it's, yeah, there you go. Cover Me in Sunshine, Pink and Willow Sage Heart. I like the title of that and I, I like, that's really sweet. Yeah. Let's all be covered in sunshine. I like it. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, okay, uh, February is LGBT plus history month. Uh, so each week on the show in February, we've been looking at stories or issues from the past. Um, this week, we've gone a bit more topical. We thought we we're going to talk about. Uh, it was a, st- a story that was sort of in the news this week, but is to do with LGBT history. G, do you want to take over and talk about this? I will indeed, because um, we featured this story uh, on our Facebook page this week, and it's kind of extraordinary. I I didn't realise this, but there was a ban on LGBT personnel serving in the British Armed Forces only until 2000. That's when they lifted the ban. In 2000? Well, and I think the transgender ban was a lot more recent than that. It was. In the the 10s, the 2010s. It's extraordinary, uh, and what's what's lovely is, I guess, trying to right the wrongs. They now, the the defence minister has announced that they want to return awards that were earned by those people during their time serving in the forces, um, and unfairly dismissed due to their sexuality. Um, and I, I love this. There was a, a a veteran called Joe Olsilis, a veteran of the Falklands War. He served in the Royal Navy for eighteen years. He served in the Middle East. He completed six tours of Northern Ireland and he was kicked out in 1993 for being bisexual. Um, and he's won his battle to have all of his medals returned. Um, it's it's extraordinary. It's it's an odd one, this, because, I mean, so many so many people to have given given their lives over to, to dedicate and fight for their country and uh, to, then, to then be banned for sexuality and now have this sort of later on apology and i mean i think it's amazing that they're getting these awards back um but i, I yeah sort of double-edged double yeah edged, really. yeah it's I, a bit of a question of is it enough isn't it i think mm. which is the difficult part um also i think it's important to remember that that the you know the people would have lived closeted lives in the military for this very reason so you've got the the suffering and the punishment on one hand of those that were out or outed, but you've also got a huge number of people uh, kind of living closeted lives in in a in, probably in a situation like being in the military where you don't really need an added stress. Like, <laughs> indeed, like hi- hiding who you really are is uh, this. And Mr. I've this quote from Mr. Olsilis said he was chucked out uh, from the navy. He had no support from anybody. I had no money coming in. He lost his house. He lost his family trying to find work and he was stealing food from a farmer's field to try and survive and eat and um you know Shocking. he said he's really he's really pleased to be honored now and to be getting these awards back but you know that's the, that's a long long period of suffering uh after incredible years of 18 years of service um but anyway i i think it's positive great yeah. I, and it's great that these awards are being given uh given back to to the people in our community who fought so hard. So I yeah. think that is good news and we should we should focus on that being a positive. Um, definitely things moving in the right direction there. And I think it's important, isn't it, when things do move in the right direction, not to forget the damage left in its wake and this is correcting some of that. So, you know, a good news story um, and one we wanted to share. Another thing I just wanted to talk about this week, sort of as part of this 
feature is um, Peter Dorry. He was the founder of Gays the Word, the UK's first gay bookshop. He died this week. Um, so people have been sharing memories of him and just paying tribute really to what he did in setting up that shop um, back in uh, the 70s in Bloomsbury. Oh. And the shop's still open. He, he's not been involved with it some time. Um, but but uh, I don't know if you've seen the film Pride about the miners' strikes and mm. uh, as lesbians and gays support the miners. Um, that was kind of the central hub of that um, organisation and that story. So you may remember it from that. As I said, the shop's still going. Quite a famous bookshop, really, I think, on a, almost a global level now. And uh, you know I do the book stuff on Instagram. And uh, it's amazing the number of, of people that talk about that shop uh, and have uh, very fond of it from the past and from now, but also that shop allowed so many more shops like it to open uh, across the country and around the world. Um, and it's a very, very important and valuable part of any community to have somewhere that you can be kind of guided and educated with things that you can relate to and enjoy. And um, so I just wanted to recognise that. And yeah, Peter Dory died uh, last week after a long battle with illness. Oh, R.O.P. Peter Dory. And you're right. That's an, It's an amazing, amazing um, resource, not just for the community, for people out, you know, outside of the community, people who want to educate themselves as well. And that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of uh, kind of people in maybe like parts of America where you're not going to get a gay bookshop within many miles of your house. And the fact that now you can access these bookshops online has been you know not just a great thing during lockdown but generally for them to have somewhere to access books that they want to read and should be reading and are helpful and beneficial and educational is just just a great thing so there you go good um all right well thank you for that story um we'll be doing this again next week it's last last sunday in february next week so the last of our lgbt history month features will be on the way next week and um, more music now this is new from clean bandit it's called higher Gladys Knight and the Pips on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch. Good morning and morning to Geordie Baldy and the gang in Christchurch this morning, <laughs> sending us a message on Twitter at Queerly Radio. I love that. That's my cousin. I, you know, whenever I read anything out, I think, I wonder if they're related to, to the GDC. Um, <laughs> Why? Because they've all got nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> they're all operating under pseudonyms for unknown reasons. Anyway, morning to everyone. Um, time now for... Hashtag Queerly Loves, our weekly look at the latest TV, films, podcasts and books to keep you entertained during lockdown. The GDC, you're going first today, but your first pick is something that I've also seen. You have, and, and a number of people have also seen because this was recommended to me. So it's on Netflix. It's called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. I'm saying Cecil. I really want to say Cecil. Everyone wants to say Cecil, but it's Cecil. So, um... I, I'm mindful about what I'm going to say because not everybody will have seen this, but I, I'm just going to say this, that uh, it's four episodes and focuses on a Canadian student called Elisa Lam, who was 21, staying at the hotel, um, was in regular contact with her family. She was doing a, a bit of a solo uh, first voyage as she'd been down the west coast of California, ended up at the Cecil Hotel in, in downtown LA, and then... They alerted to the police that she disappeared because they'd lost contact with her and she was regularly in contact. And um, the LAPD had released footage of when she was last seen at the hotel, which is in an elevator, and it went unbelievably viral, which is a four-minute video, uh, incredibly 
incredibly bizarre, disturbing, quite creepy. Um, so the, the four episodes focuses on the hotel itself, which is unbelievably fascinating, gruesome history, multiple cases of violence, suicide, murder, serial killers staying there. Um, was also a, a housing project where they prisoners that had been released from prison and had nowhere else to go would stay there people on very low incomes or barely any incomes could also stay there for long term so this hotel sort of served as this social housing project but also visitors could stay i'm, I'm actually that desperate for a holiday i've been looking up prices <laughs> <laughs> have you really uh, it's closed i think it is closed for renovation. So it opened in 1924, literally on Skid Row, downtown LA, which itself is a melting pot for the homeless, drug addicts, prostitutes, uh, prisoners straight out of jail. So there's so much going on. It's There's so much going on in these four episodes. I think that the, the, the hotel is incredible and what a history. And Ryan Murphy talks about uh, being obsessed with the hotel, which is why his American Horror Story season hotel has a lot of nods to the history um, and I'm not going to reveal any more about the actual case about Elisa Lam. Um, it is a, it, it's, I was very, very gripped by it. It go, it sort of twists and turns. Um, and so you've seen it. Yeah. And without talking about it too much, we don't want to give too much away. Mm. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts? It's just hard not to do any spoilers on it. Um, mm. My overall thoughts were, I, I enjoyed it in the sense that I was gripped enough to keep watching all four episodes. I feel like at times it didn't really know what it was, this show. And there are lots of elements that are a bit disconnected. And I think overall, when it got to the end, I was a bit like, well, why didn't, why didn't they actually make it like about this thing? As opposed to the way that it's approached. But, but I get how they spin it and keep you guessing and keep the twists coming. And obviously you've got four episodes and at the end of each one, you need something you need a hook, don't you? So I understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely recommend watching it. Um, it's quite sensationalised, isn't it? Yeah, like, you know, yeah. In, in I think, it, so I think without giving anything away, I'd say as a viewer, it's a show that manipulates you to a degree which is almost unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's what I'd write to points of view were I to send a letter about the Cecil Hotel. I, I also like that uh, this sort of re reveal of the footage because, you know, the LAPD were wanting more information to do with this disappearance um, went viral. And of course, every man and their dog decided that they could be a sleuth and solve the case. And oh, my God, some of the people that they feature on this show are bizarre, like yeah. overly invested, a bit creepy uh, and also like, come on! You're really clutching at straws with with the sort of the the, the connection, yeah, mm. all these weird coincidences. Anyway, I would say, yeah, give it a watch. Totally agree with you on that one. The Vanishing at Cecil Hotel on Netflix now four episodes. You could do them all in a Sunday afternoon if you really if you really went for it. Uh, right, what have you got next for us, G? So, um, a podcast next. Uh, growing up, will with Galdem. Uh, so this is. Uh, there's three presenters, Liv Little, Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff and Natty Kasambala. Fabulous names all round. So they're a mix of uh, journalists, columnists. Uh, they have other podcasts. They're writers, authors, speakers, a great collection of women and really fascinating women. And they set up Galdem, which is an online and printed magazine for women of colour. Um, 
huge media publication and they want to tell stories of people from colour, from mar- marginalised genders. And uh, have you got a clip for us by any chance? Oh, Ron? yes, I have. Let me play it now. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. I think I would want to tell myself to be more on my own side and to stop chasing after somebody because I should be chasing after myself. It's okay to be on antidepressants, it's okay to have anxiety, it's okay to have depression. I would tell my younger self definitely, like, go where it's warm, where you're wanted, where you're cared for. Or create that space. If it's not there for you, create it. I, I found, I, again, I, I don't know how sometimes I find my podcast, but I, again, I was wanting, I, there's so much self-reflection going on at the moment, you know, from all of us and uh, thinking past and thinking future and uh, looking inwards and a lot of self-love, self-help. And I, I'm riveted by this. I lo- it's, it's touching and funny and I just look, they'd sort of literally dig out old journals or notes that they've saved somewhere and, and a bit cringy, don't really know how to how to get over it. So I can't believe I wrote this. Oh, wasn't I so dramatic? Or, God, I've forgotten this happened at my time. And they read these out and then it opens up this discussion about um, where they where they were mentally at the time or, you know, who they were living with and what they were going through and how how that's then gone on to shape them since. And it's just it's just really really fascinating and intriguing and enlightening and i i a lot of great stories in here so i highly recommend that growing up with galdem podcast that sounds like it could be quite emotional at times i think it's hard to confront maybe what you got wrong in your past and what you've learned now and what you still have to learn mm. oh deep all right yeah growing up with galdem podcast there from the gdc and your final choice this week please and now just to go to the opposite end of the spectrum i am on netflix again i've watched bling empire uh i'm three episodes into this which is what is uber wealthy asian (laughs) oh you're gonna love this uber wealthy asian and asian american multi-millionaires living in california uh which is described as the real life crazy rich asians oh okay Uh, it's very much a real housewives format so if you're a fan of that reality show and the sort of the uber extreme wealth of people, the opulence, uh, the sass, the bitchiness, the rivalries. This is fantastic. I absolutely loved it. Well, in the, I love in the opening episode, one of the women uh, brings her friends around and she says, I just really wanted to treat you for your birthday. So I want to take you to my favorite restaurant in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> so they just jump in a Brilliant. plane and go to Paris for lunch. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. What I like about this, I think more than some of the other type reality shows that i've seen in this format is the characters are really quite fascinating they've um some of them questioning identity some of them uh are are from different backgrounds and this sort of melting pot of people it creates there's a uh, there's a lot of warmth from some of them which i really like and it's not all focused on how much money do you have um there's quite a lot of depth here and i uh it's obviously grotesque opulence in some places (laughs) but uh, listen, as as in terms of a great binge watch uh, on a Sunday, I can highly recommend this. Bling Empire on Netflix. I think I think you might have just solved what I'm doing this afternoon. Fabulous! Um, I love the sound of that. Uh, thank you for your choices there, G. Don't forget, we send out a weekly email hashtag Queerly Loves. You can sign up on our website queerlyradio.com, uh, and we'll send you an email with links to all of this stuff we talk about. So put your notepad away. 
You don't need to write it down. We'll send it to you, helpfully. Okay, now time for my record of the week. I think this one's going to surprise you a bit. Um, do you remember Rebecca Black? I she, do not. She, well, she, you might do want to tell you this. She famously <laughs> uh, released a song 10 years ago called Friday, and it was sort of one of the first things that was like a viral YouTube sensation. Uh, it's, at best, a mediocre pop song, um, which she effectively, I think the story is she effectively just like, or her dad just paid for her to have a, a record released. So like shot a video, recorded a song, got writers in, producers. Um, and she was, you know, teenager at the time. Uh, and they released this song and it was largely ridiculed across the internet. Um, this song Friday. Anyway, 10 years on, <laughs> she's still going. She's had a bit of a transformation. Um, she's come out and she's got this new single, which is a sort of a bit of a new queer anthem. And, Let's be honest, it surprised me. It's pretty pretty bloody good. Um, wow. <laughs> so we're going to play it. It's my record of the week. It's Rebecca Black with Girlfriend. Rebecca Black with Girlfriend, my record of the week this week on Hashtag Queerly Loves on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch. A surprise return to pop for Rebecca Black. Yes, but loved it. Yeah, Thank nice. you very much. Nice little Fun. ditty. Um, <laughs> what are we saying? Um, okay, my turn now on hashtag Queerly Loves for choices. This first thing is a podcast, um, which is one you've mentioned previously, but I'm going to talk about a specific episode that I had to listen to on a walk this week. Um, and thanks to my sister, because she highlighted this one to me and said it's really good. You weren't expected to be, but it is really good. So this is Grounded with Louis Theroux. Um, oh, yes. Podcast series he's done uh, sort of for about a year now since lockdown started, where he talks to people um, very deliberately set up as being over Zoom and that they are grounded as in not doing what they'd normally do at home, talking to each other. So this episode is with Rylan Clark Neal, um, who is, I mean, started, well, rose to fame on The X Factor several years ago, then went into Celebrity Big Brother house and won it. And from that point on, has sort of been a staple of television really presenting this that and the other he's done this morning big he started presenting big brother's bit on the side uh loads of shows um but this interview surprised me to be honest and i think a lot of people probably have this impression of rylan as being sort of a bit of a caricature bit sort of maybe superficial i don't know i don't really mean to him i really like the guy um but but what this reveals is that he's so so aware of um his role as a celebrity and what he does. And he kind of talks about the fact that Rylan is a character he plays. And then, you know, there's the real him as well. And it, how he has to manage that and make sure that like his mum realizes that things that are written in the papers are just made up because it, it's, they need stuff to write. And actually if anything significant, like having a child, for example, was happening in his life, he would tell his mum first. She wouldn't find out in the front of a paper. Um, he's just very in tune with, with his celebrity and what it means. Uh, he also has this like forensic knowledge of Big Brother and the kind of reality TV in general. Um, and actually he reveals that he was supposed to go onto Big Brother, the normal version of Big Brother, before X Factor, to the point where he was in a hotel in isolation with his case packed and then something was leaked in the papers. And I don't know what it was and he doesn't say, um, which meant that he couldn't go on the show. So he was like days away from entering the Big Brother house and didn't do it at that point. Then went on X Factor. And you remember the famous crying scene with him and Nicole Scherzinger? I do. And he talks very well about that whole experience and how he just, 
you know, he understood his role in the show was to be the controversial character, play this kind of gay caricature, which he says was, you know, not the most enjoyable thing to, to, to have to do, but he knew what he was there for. And as long as it was, he, he actually makes this comment that, uh, he, at the time when he was on X Factor, he said it was either me or Jimmy Savile on the front page of the newspaper for three months. And he said, that was wow. it. That's, how, that's where it was at. And as long as I kept doing things and was playing that role in the show that kept me on the front of the paper, that's all they wanted from him. Um, he's, it's, but he's, the sliding doors moment that you mentioned is quite interesting, how differently his life could have been if yeah. he'd actually just ended up going on normal. Normal Big normal Brother at that point as well, probably would have, well, could have amounted to nothing. But anyway, it's just, it's really good. And, and they talk a lot about, you know, the eth- ethics of Big Brother and, uh, you know, the Jay Goody moments both the the racism row and ultimately her kind of death on screen as a reality tv star so it's a really 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 good chat and you know what louis theroux's like he's not he sort of plays slightly ignorant to it all as if well i don't you know i don't really understand this world um so tell me about it and manages to get get quite a lot out of ryland so really recommend that particular episode of grounded with louis theroux um wow that was long next one uh, is a book um this is a book I read at the end of last year. Um, it's called Darius the Great is Not Okay by Adib Karam. Um, it's like a young adult book, but it's there's something in it for everyone. Um, <laughs> so Darius lives in America. Um, he's half Persian on his mum's side, but he doesn't really live in any way like a Persian would. Um, he's very much Western character, um, doesn't speak Farsi, um, but then suddenly he has to go to Iran for the first time in his life because his grandfather is about to die. Um, so he goes out there and goes on this whole kind of journey of discovery of his roots and his culture. Um, I should say he's also coming to terms with his sexuality. He knows that he's gay, but he's not really dealing with it in any meaningful or deliberate way. He's he's only a young teenager, so, you know, it's sort of just kind of in the background for him. Um, he also suffers from depression quite badly along with his dad. So that's a big feature of his life. Um, so there's a lot of stuff about a clash of cultures over how you deal with depression and that his his grandparents in Iran do not understand at all the idea that you would take medication every day to deal with depression. It's very much a case of just cheer up. Why are you, why are you sad? And all of that stuff. So that's a really interesting element. But the, the main part of the story is he meets this boy called Sorab, who is uh, his age, he's one of the neighbours and he helps out his grandfather in Iran and they form just this amazing friendship. And so it's not even that this becomes a particularly romantic story. I think it is perhaps on the side of Darius, but but ultimately it's the story about friendship and what that can do and what that can bring to your life. Um, I really enjoy this book. It's, yeah, makes you feel better by the time you finish reading it. And, which is what we need. Yeah. And also it's that thing of like just educating me about other cultures, which you can never get enough of really. Um, so yeah, really enjoy that. Darius the Great is not okay by Adib Karam. And there's Amazing. also a sequel to that out as well now, um, if you enjoy the first one. And finally, um, I watched the Britney Spears documentary this week. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't have access to the platforms, no. So I'm livid. No, I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, so it's, it was uh, this New York Times documentary. Uh, it's been on in America a couple of weeks ago and lots of people talking about it was shown on Sky this week, Sky Documentaries. You can watch it on demand if you've got Sky or Now TV. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, I watched it because everyone's talking about it. I watched it because I'm interested in Britney Spears. It is a great documentary. The first half kind of just goes goes back to the start, goes back to her as a child, her becoming famous and really hones in on this 
point of how she was treated as a celebrity and the misogyny that came with it and the sort of questions she was asked by interviewers and the jokes that were made about her and how that framed really her whole career and her whole existence as a celebrity and we all know you know we, we all know what happened and she was hounded by paparazzi and the you know the, the shaving over the head and the smashing up of the car with the umbrella and that complete mental breakdown prompted just really i mean the, the it's quite clear there's a connection between how she was treated as a celebrity and her eventual um you know mental health problems um it then goes on to look at this conservatorship i think that's the right word um, which, which is a bit, I think, a bit like power of attorney in this country. Um, and basically her dad is in, in charge of everything about her life and has been for like nearly 10 years. He controls what she does, when she does it, who she lives with, where she goes, controls all her money, her work. And this was done at a point where she had hit, a, you know, a, a complete emotional uh, and mental breakdown, but still remains in place when... On the face of it, Brittany is fine and happy at the moment, but she still remains under this control from from her father, um, which is just, it's kind of shocking. It's very sad. It's really sad to see. Um, there's a lot of, you know, fan campaigns, the hashtag free Brittany campaign has been going for quite a while now. There's been protests. Um, and obviously, as with all of this stuff, there's all these kind of, sort of slight conspiracy theories around it and people have an eye on her Instagram and she posts a lot of kind of odd stuff to Instagram whether it's like actually a picture of her just dancing around her house or she'll put like up some you know quote and it's a bit cryptic or a weird photo of something completely unrelated and fans have been trying to read in to what that might mean and find hidden messages and maybe she's you know saying I'm I'm being held against my will and all of this sort of stuff doesn't he doesn't really go too deep on that because it's all speculative it just I'm kind glad of, they don't no I'm glad they don't because it, also one of the best conspiracies that's been going around is that she's actually dead and the Britney Instagram is a, a fake a fake Britney that they've to keep her her status and person alive oh, which is the most random thing i've ever heard in my life that's kind of conspiracy theory 101 isn't it someone's either dead or not dead if they are dead like yeah. <laughs> elvis still alive apparently um anyway so yeah framing britney spears on sky now on demand uh worth a watch really enjoyed it really interesting um i just yeah i hope britney's all right and i hope she's happy uh i don't think we'll ever know it doesn't really draw any definite conclusions but maybe that this documentary's got so much attention it will make a bit of a difference um good i look so forward to watching it there so you thank go you. all right well, that's it hashtag queerly loves all our choices out in the world you can get them on a handy email you just sign up at queerlyradio.com and we will send that to you uh, in the week so good all right well let's have some britney spears now this is till the world ends eternal with stay on queerly's bottomless branch good to hear that song one of the most underrated uk girl bands of all time I would agree. They're still going, actually. I, when I was looking at Are up, they? they've released a song this year. Yep. Oh, I might have to dig that out and put it in next week's playlist, if you don't mind. Well, well, maybe we could have it as a spin it or bin it, just to hedge our bets in case it's a bin it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we just do an eternal show. Yeah, we might be. It might be a stretch. Um, we, <laughs> we are rapidly heading towards the end of today's show. I just wanted to talk about It's a Sin. Uh, it finished uh, on Friday night on Channel 4, its broadcast run. So I feel that we can talk about it 
a bit more freely now. Um, mm-hmm. It started in the US this week as well, so a lot of press about it again because uh, the US promotion. Um, amazing statistic released by Channel 4 this week, 16 million views on all four. That's amazing. Um, Great they, number. Yeah, their most successful kind of launch series box set launch on the platform ever by a long shot. Um, I've seen a lot of people posting about this show on, on Facebook. Yeah, and, and, and a wide range of people as well. I think we you know, obviously were talking about this a few weeks ago and, and uh, you know, our, our listeners probably jumped on it pretty quickly. But um, I'm seeing all sorts of people now who have, who have uh, you know, been caught up in the hype, as is how these things go and have, and have watched the show. And that's a great thing. I think that's getting, it's reaching an audience who probably need to see that story a lot more than we did. Um, not to be preachy or like, you know, lecturing about it but i think that's important another great thing that's come out of the support for this show is the uh sort of um attention it's given to aids and aids charities um the terence higgins trust this week tweeted that these t-shirts designed by a guy called philip normal he is the mayor of lambeth um apparently and, and an artist he's got a shop he designed t-shirts with la on which is you know their catchphrase that they say to each other um, which have been all over Instagram. Everyone's wearing them. Raised £200,000 so far for Terence Higgins Trust selling these T-shirts. That's exceptional. And can I just say, I might have had the blondest moment of all blondest moments this week when a friend of mine did post a picture of him in this T-shirt. And I thought, what? That's that's not how you put L.A. Like, why would you put <laughs> L.A. with a lowercase a? Why have you written the in French? Um... <laughs> that's really blonde. And it only took me to read his post to go, oh, you absolute moron moron. (laughs) but isn't that a great thing like this this con you know the the, the impact it's had not just in telling and sharing that story but now that that's translating into a real benefit for a charity like terence higgins trust is fantastic well done philip normal for that well done round of applause yeah really that's exceptional and Um, a great sum of money yeah well done uh, so if you haven't seen it, it's a sin. It's still on all four. Add to that massive number of people who watched it. Uh, you could be the 16 million and one person. That's how you say that. Uh, one more song from us now. Here's Ultranate. Ultranate on Queerly's Bottomless Brunch. She's got new music out as well at the minute. I heard yesterday a new oh. song from her. So maybe we'll investigate that next week as well. Nice. Um, that is it from us for today. Thanks for joining us. What a show it's been. It's been epic and crammed, and you may be wondering what you're going to do for the rest of the day. Well, as featured in Queerly Loves, we talked about some podcasts and TV and film. Uh, if you go to the website, queerlyradio.com, you can sign up to our newsletter, which will give you some lovely handy links when we send it out this week, uh, and talk about what we talked about. So yeah. there we are. Yeah, do that. And if you missed any of the show or you want to hear it all again, uh, you can catch up at five o'clock this evening on queerlyradio.com and on TuneIn now. Don't forget the TuneIn app or tomorrow in full on Spotify. Kenny's up next with the Out Loud Queer Music Show. Uh, We'll be back next Sunday, live from 10. We'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Bye. Queerly's Bottomless Brunch with Rob and the GDC.